Social Strategy Podcast, episode 57. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. This is your host, Vernon Ross, and I'm so happy to be coming to you today. I've got a really special guest for you guys. His name is Harry Duran. He's gonna he's the founder of Fullcast, which is an enterprise-level podcasting service. So this service is a total hands-off creation system for high-level clients, universities, doctors, people that don't really have the time to learn anything about how to podcast. They just want to go in, record their session, and then have a podcast automatically pop up on the internet. And so that's what Fullcast does. We're going to really get into what that service is, and also getting Harry's background. He's a former and current DJ with some really interesting things about that and a productivity hacking expert. He drops a bunch of websites and services that you can use to make your life a whole lot easier. I was really excited about it. And he also gave a really special social media tip that I've been using, and it's common sense, but I just wasn't doing it. And it's something that if you guys do it, you're going to see immediate results from it. Really amazed about it. This episode is brought to you by the Social Strategy Academy, socialstrategyacademy.com. Go out there. You can get game-changing social media training. It's my new training site that I'm fully launching at the beginning of August. You guys are going to hear a lot more about that. And I'm going to give you a way in the next couple of weeks to be able to get in there for free. I'm launching a mobile website plugin to address the issues that Google has uh, made in their changes where if your site's not mobile responsive, it's going to get penalized. If you guys did not know that, that is something that's new. So definitely take a look at that. And if you don't have a mobile responsive, mobile ready website, this plugin is going to address that. Anyone that buys a plugin gets Social Strategy Academy lifetime access for free. That is right, lifetime access for free just for buying the plugin. I am not going to put a link to the plugin in the show because that is going to come in the next couple of weeks right after podcast movement. So I will talk to you guys about podcast movement and all the other stuff at the end of the show. For now, let's go ahead, get right into the interview, and I will see you guys on the back end. It's funny because as a DJ, the minute you start getting paid for gigs, I guess that's your first entrepreneurial job, right? And, you yeah. know, I, I, I don't have the uh, prototypical lemonade stand story. Right. <laughs> I mean, probably paper route is the closest I, I could get at that age to, to having a, a job on my own. But I think what was interesting is now that I'm thinking about it and, and you asked, the DJing was really our own business. You know, we would have yeah. to get go out and get gigs get paid and you know there was three or four of us doing it at, at when we started we had the group was called new sounds we had we had <laughs> we had business we had business cards and everything made up and we were just uh you know we'd go to one party and then be like oh yeah can you do our party and it's it's like it's like it was networking 101 right at that time as yeah. well um they saw that you did a good job and they're like we want you at our part we want you at our, at our at our daughter's high school graduation party <laughs> yeah djs are are total 100 percent word of mouth type people yeah, 
And then if they hear you, yeah, and it's it's word of mouth, and it's also you're at the party and you hear the this DJ, and you're like, oh, this guy's good. I I can find out if he's available for my party. Yeah. And then there's I'm just it's funny. I'm just thinking about the parallels right now because from an equipment perspective, you've got to stay up up to date with like the latest mixer. You gotta buy headphones, and the needles on your your turntables go bad. You gotta buy new needles, and so it's one of those things that's probably as equipment intensive as podcasting is nowadays. You know, you're always trying to get the newest, <laughs> the newest, shiniest toys, right? Right. And back back then, it was, it was the same thing. And and vinyl is not cheap. Let me tell you. No, it's not. Even now, it's still not all that cheap. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I mean, I, I occasionally do one-off purchases of vinyl, like in flea markets. Mm-hmm. So I see like really cool vinyl. Like I saw something with uh, Grace Jones. She had this phase where she was singing like in I the late eighties. Yeah, pull, pull up to the bumper, and uh, so it was. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was I'm taking. I'm, I'm taking you back. All right. Oh yeah. That was so. That was fun. I mean, I, I bought the whole album, and then I've seen other like compilations that I buy, and so I, I buy them one-off, and I just come back here and I play them for a little while. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's nice to have the turntables handy. Yeah. So let me ask you this: um, when when you got into well after DJing, when did you like finally hang that up? Um, I think when you mean in terms of realizing that it wasn't going to be my main income stream and I wasn't right. going to be tra- traveling the world and getting right, flown right. out to Abita. <laughs> 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 no, I think I mean it never it never really took off as something where. It was going to be super like um, main main job for me because I always had my nine to five, mm-hmm. and you know it's, it, I think when even when I was in New York I would, I'd have a gig I, when we were in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta uh, recently, not not that recently, probably about um, four years ago now. I did find a monthly party that I did, and I would just play eighties and nineties stuff, and they're just they gave me ten percent of the bar, and I obviously wasn't doing it for the money, it was just for the 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 fun of it, and. We did that for two, about two years, and at that last party, it was like there was like a couple hundred people there, and it was just all of my friends and our friends, my wife's friends from from the from the area. So it, it was fun. I, I think if I could find something like that to just to keep the hobby going, right? I, I definitely do that. Um, but yeah, it was never something that sort of took off. I, I did get into production as well because I wanted to learn how to make music, electronic music. And it's interestingly enough, I did that one while I had some time in Atlanta. And my first two tracks were picked up by um, a, just a, a production company in like uh, the UK because I had posted my music on SoundCloud. And they're like, oh, we like that. And they released it. It's on Beatport. Are you I serious? T- I, yeah. <laughs> if you I didn't go know to that. Yeah, it's uh, DJ HD. It's, if you look it up on Beatport, there's like three or four tracks that wow. uh, this, this label picked up. So naturally when that happens, I'm like, yes, I'm going to be a world-famous music producer. Right. And, that, and then that sort of dries up and you realize <laughs> how hard it is to produce music that sounds good. Because I knew how to like arrange tracks and I had taken some online courses. But I think when I realized like the real professional stuff is next level. You have to go to a mastering class. So I took a, you know, I, I went to a place called Dubspot. They have them here in LA and in New York, and it's where DJs go to learn like the skills of the trade. You can learn the basics of how to beat match or just even fa- fancy stuff like how to edit and, and produce tracks, music production. And then you get into mastering, which is mastering is its own thing as well, because once a yeah. track is produced and I know as podcasters, we've, dealt with a little bit of that when, when we're trying to make our final uh, audio sound well but for music it's crazy because you have so many competing sounds at different frequencies you have to control the bass you have to control the mid-range you have to make sure the 
the the treble you know and and the high end just doesn't doesn't get lost then you can do, like add reverb and, and put stuff towards the front of the room towards the back left right panning it's a whole nother rabbit hole but it was just fantastic i spent the um about 12 week i took a 12 week mastering class which is fantastic nice interesting yeah and then it's just you realize how many more toys and plugins you'd have to pay for and just becomes another <laughs> monetary rabbit hole. It's just like, oh, I, I got to get this plug in. It costs $500. And right. Like, ah. Something like podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Except for yeah. it's much more expensive. Yeah, a lot of parallels. Depending on what level you do it at. Yeah. How funny. So now you mentioned that your, your regular 9 to 5 gig, most podcasters are not full-time podcasters, of course. So what what do you do? Where's what's your background in other than the whole DJ world? I do IT consulting. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't have to mention the company, but yeah, I've just been doing that for. I mean, I've always been. I mean, I've been in corporate America for probably twenty plus years. I started off um, in in banking, mm-hmm. and then I went into. Uh, just mostly in finance, just managing customer service teams. I've always been interested in, in the in the marriage of technology and business. So in the beginning, I was doing project management type work. And then later on, I got introduced to e-business, which at that time was not very, you know, nothing along the line, the scale of what we, we've, we're seeing now. But it was just embedded uh, electronic chips and credit cards right, uh, and, and things like that, which is really, really like cutting edge, you know, back in the in the early yeah, and the late mid, mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. and then uh, just moved over to managing, um, working in customer service departments, managing reporting teams of like you know ten to fifteen folks. Yeah, and then um, lasted, and then then moving into consulting where we sell high end you know database and data management tools to enterprises, um, and just do the account management side for that. And so that's always interesting because there's, there's, you know, this, that's, there's this whole area of big data, which is a buzzword in, in enterprise and you're in IT. So I'm sure right. you're exactly. fairly, fairly familiar yeah. with that. So and yeah. that, that's another thing that you could spend, you know, the next 20, 30 years just reading up on it and trying to be an expert at that. Um, and it's another rabbit hole because it's, there's so much new technology keeps changing and, and even just staying on top of those technologies, because it starts out with like big data and you know the cloud, and then you get into like specific technologies like Hadoop and Hive and Fig and all these programming languages and MapReduce and just super super techy stuff that you have to have a high level of to, yeah. to speak intelligently to a client. Um, you don't have to necessarily be the super techy drill down, but I was in a meeting with uh, some data scientist folks on our team and. They start getting up on the board and they start literally writing the formulas that you think are fake when you see them like in a movie. Like, no, that's that's not real. Nobody really writes like that. And they're like X over Y squared, Z squared, just square root. And, and they're like literally like writing it as if they were writing the alphabet. Like, <laughs> wow. And, I, and I'm staring at the board and I'm like, um, okay. I just, <laughs> it was just crazy when when you like that that beautiful mind type stuff. Then they're like writing for me, like in um, Goodwill Hunting, right? When he's writing yeah. on the board, like ah, that's got all got to be fake, right? Right. <laughs> Until I'm in the room and these two guys are like going at it. And the funny part is when they start correcting each other, like no, actually that that um, that denominator should be x squared. You're not cubed. Then you got to do the derivative of the blah blah blah. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> Uh, lunch lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> that make you feel you. That's <laughs> next level really, stuff, right? Yeah, there. nothing to really make you feel like a total like uh, ignorant person when you're in the room with like two just PhDs. Right, right. 
So you but don't. you know, in, in retrospect, I mean, if you, you swap it and you yeah. you take them and you put them in like a in a sports bar and they're talking about the latest, you know. You know, a strategy for how the the Broncos converted on fourth down. At, you know, last night they'd be like in you know roles reversed, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> not that I can, not that I can speak football either. So yeah, ne- neither can I. So <laughs> that's funny. So you know, with with that, your your corporate experience. I mean, you've been in IT for twenty years, just like I have. Mm-hmm. What do you think? the lessons are that you've been able to take from corporate and apply to podcasting and the stuff that you're currently doing now. Because I think when, when most podcasters and a lot of online people and people that do business online, they automatically think that, well, because I'm doing this thing, I have to stop doing that thing. Yeah. I have to stop doing the corporate corporate is bad. I'm anti have a regular job. I've got to be this entrepreneur online Six figures online, kind of guy, all the time. How Wait, you're you... not you're not you're not making six figures, right now? Well, not online. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, not online. <laughs> not online. Yeah. Not yet. It's not. It's not. Uh, no, it's not paying the mortgage yet. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, so I, yeah, I think I, I know. It's this. It's this sort of like uh, misconception that everyone has that the like the corporate job is like the the evil empire or something like that. Uh, and, yeah, exactly. And what a lot of people don't realize is like, no, like that job is paying, like you said, your mortgage. It's allowing you to have the some disposable income to try these new things. And, and if they stay as hobbies, they stay as hobbies. But it's like, you know, it's not like you're the only person at your job that's got a hobby. So for some people, it's woodworking, right? So for some of your coworkers, right. it's mountain bike riding. And some people like to take, you know, huge trips. And, you know, and we podcast, you know, that's that's our thing. And that's... What makes us happy because it feels like you know we're expanding our our creative muscles and getting to talk to cool people and and that's fun and if and if that's where it stays you know there's nothing wrong with that I mean there's there's something to be said about your job being able to um, fund your hobbies right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you know stop stop thinking that you have to just wait you're waiting for some exit strategy that's just not going to happen and then you're just going to keep holding holding out for this and, and and just start to be resentful and. I think you just have to put things into perspective. You know, if things do take off, you know, I think they will on their own time. But it's it's nice not to have this pressure of like, oh, man, I've got to monetize in three months because that's my runway. <laughs> and, I, and I don't have any cash left after that. And I might right. have to go back to, you know, whatever it is you're doing on the side. Go you know, waiting tables or, you know, drive an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> or, something, or something like that. You know, I mean, every every Uber driver that I meet or Lyft driver is uh, that's not their only gig, right? So. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know what's funny is um, I'll talk to entrepreneurs, and I, I want to know how you feel about this. They're, they every entrepreneur and all the advice is multiple streams of income. You've got mm-hmm. to build multiple streams of income, and you're going to want to have more than one business. You're going to want to have more than one source of income. My thing is, and hey, guys, it's going to get explicit, so I'll mark this one as explicit in iTunes. Don't give me shit because I'm still working my corporate job and trying to build this very successful business on the side Mm -hmm. because I'm not just doing the business on the side as my main business yet or within the timeline that you think that I should be doing it. I may hate my corporate job. But that doesn't matter because it is a source of income. And instead of going out and trying to get venture capital and spending a year trying to write a plan to get to borrow money and give up equity and do all this stuff, 
I'm using my job as my my angel investor, my venture capital, and putting money from that into building a business in a comfort zone. And at some point, it may get to the point where you're like, okay, I got to walk away from this because this is this really needs all of my attention. And when it gets to that point, it's great. But until then, you, there's nothing wrong with having job and podcast and consulting and whatever else you do, right? I mean, how do you feel about that? No, I definitely agree. I mean, there's no reason in the world why you need to kill. It's the golden goose, right? You don't have to <laughs> slay just because you want to prove to someone that you can do this on your own. At the end of the day, the only people that we need to be measuring ourselves up to or getting guidance from, I mean, if you're married, it's your spouse, <laughs> right? Right, And it's your family. And, and that's basically the the first folks who you need to keep happy and if and and if you're not doing anything to endanger like you know the livelihood of the household and you know by all means you know I, exactly I, I support you know my wife and her activities and she supports me wholeheartedly in mine and she understands that this is something that I'm doing in conjunction with the actual job that pays you know the majority of the bills yeah and you know just it's like I just always it's I mean I, I'm in the same camp because I always think it's funny when people like uh, talk bad about their job and you know everyone is going to have something a bone to pick with their current employer mm -hmm. but i think you have to put things into perspective because it was probably that job that allowed you to buy your first equipment and <laughs> right. and, and you know and, and allowed you you know the the freedom to to do this as a hobby because if you didn't if you didn't have that and you had some other job where it's it wasn't as consistent or well-paying as your corporate job You'd probably be more concerned with trying to get more shifts at your restaurant, right? Or, or working more hours. Like, I'm picking on Uber drivers totally, but <laughs> working more hours on Uber because it's like you don't have that sort of job where you have that flexibility, you know? So yeah. I think just everyone is, is in their, has got their own story. There is no magic story. You know, there's no John Lee Dumas, you know, had this huge 100K plus runway to do his to get his start and because he, he put in the time, you know, he, he was in, you know, a bunch of jobs in real estate and he realized that he needed to have this before he got started and he did it smart. He got some high end coaching and everyone's story and the majority of people's story is not going to be like that. So oh, yeah. there's, there's as many people as there are doing podcasting. That's about as many different stories into how to get to the finish line that there are. So there's no one size fits all. No, I like that. I like that. Which which is a good segue into some of the stuff that you're doing. Um, you've started a company called Fullcast. Correct. Tell us a little bit about Fullcast. If you want to talk about Fullcast, do you want to talk about Fullcast? Have you signed the uh, non-disclosure agreement? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, done. Signed. Uh, so, yeah, Fullcast was born out of um, some coaching that I was a part of. Um, I'm in a high-end coaching program myself because... I'm just a firm believer that I need to be around people smarter than me. You know, I, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't learning from the current um, group of friends that I had. You know, they were all well-intentioned and I got good advice. And if I needed to bounce an idea off someone, that's something I could do in a, in a Facebook group or, you know, with an with a ex email exchange. But at some point, you need to figure out what the bigger boys are doing. And the only way to do that is to jump into that arena, right? And sometimes you have to pay to play. And for me, it's just, it's almost like the price of an MBA, just like, the, but the value for me is like 10 times greater because it's, I'm learning from people who market uh, at a completely different level. 
you know, they market to, they have seven figure businesses, some of them with eight figure businesses. And mm -hmm. I've had the privilege of talking to some on my podcast on podcast junkies, but, um, others I've had the privilege of being at a table with them during a two day intensive, you know, as part of the group and just, Hey, what do you think about this side, this side, this, and they're like, Oh, that's good. But I've did this with my program and you should try this. And so I, I thought I wanted to create a high end, um, podcasting service it starts off a podcast and we do some social media management as well but it's called fullcast because i think it really encompassed the whole idea of like full done for you i've right. seen some and, and i've and there's no shortage of that you know there's a, it's funny when you jump into a space you see people on all ends of the spectrum there's people fighting it out at the bottom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're like are. we'll do a podcast for 100 episodes we'll do it for 80 we'll do it for 70 we'll do it for 50 i'm like guys how low are you going to go here what are you going to do like the, you're going to run out of countries to outsource to because I mean, <laughs> everyone you know you're going to be I mean, paying your va yeah i mean uh like i don't i don't yeah i don't i don't know where you're where these people are but the fact that you can get an episode edited for that means we're probably talking you're breaking some child labor laws on some <laughs> in some country so then i said no i want to create a complete done for you service and, I, and when i say done for you i mean completely done for you a lot of people stop at the editing piece and they're like okay we edited for you and we wrote you up some show notes and we did some timestamps for you and uh here's your file go ahead and here's your text go ahead and post it and then i realized there was a class of um entrepreneurs class of successful like thought leaders who realize the importance of podcasting but just have never looked into it because they just realized i'm not going to sit there watching a youtube video on how to edit an adobe audition i'm not going to you know download or, or subscribe to the best social media mavens out there to figure out when is the ideal time to post to twitter i'm not going to sit there and create like a i'm not even going to go to fiverr and find a great artist to do my artwork you know for, you know for 20 30 bucks or something like that like all these little things that as podcasters we take for granted because like oh just do this just just go to the service or just you know try fiverr or try elance you know these people that have these seven figure eight figure businesses they're successful already because they've learned to outsource all this stuff like <laughs> a long time yeah, ago exactly and and one of the things my coach um says is there's four types of tasks there's those you're incompetent at those you're competent at those you're excellent at and and you're genius very quickly you got to get those last two off your plate competent and competent that's not your sweet spot be done with those get those out and and you know think of things like dry cleaning mm -hmm. having a maid clean your house like you know once a month just very very basic stuff that that's not in your wheelhouse and you shouldn't be doing the excellent is where people get hung up because like this is stuff that i'm really good at and a common example is like twiddling around with a graphic on an html on your website right you know who who's starting out hasn't spent like countless hours <laughs> trying to like write a line a jpeg image and like no in your sidebar it's like oh and then, and then refresh refresh and then before you know it, it's like half the day is gone and it's like well okay and then when you finally do it, it still doesn't look right you're like ah and then because we wanted to save like the twenty dollars, we would have paid like a graphic designer to do it. Exactly. And hello, you just spent like six hours doing it yourself. So, <laughs> I think when that light bulb went off for me, and I realized, oh, okay, if I can pay, you know, even things that cost twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars. If let's say you put a, a if you make a, a good salary or you've got a a, a successful you know, seven figure business, your hourly rate is probably in the hundreds of dollars. So if you can pay someone, you know, eighty dollars, ninety dollars to do a task for you, um, then have them do it. And then usually it's these excellent type tasks. The genius is literally like three to five percent of the things that you're good at, but it's such a sweet spot of tasks 
that only you can do because of your experience, because of your upbringing, because of your language abilities, because of your speaking abilities, because of your networking abilities, because you know how to do this one thing really, really, really good. And then you mash that all together and that's your IP, right? That's your intellectual property and that's your genius, right? Focus on your genius. And it's that I got that message like last year and it's, I just been riding out like a horse and I'm like, focus on my genius, focus on my genius. And sometimes I, I pay people like I, I can't imagine uh, have, having paid people for, for this type of help before. But, you know, like uh, someone to help me edit an ebook I put out, you know, I, I paid them like five hundred dollars just to get get me started with help, help me organize my ideas. At the end of the day, you realize these people do that, do that, do that stuff way better than I can. Mm-hmm. And even like design work, just pay, pay the experts at what they do, man. Just let them do their stuff. Let them do their genius. And you should focus on building your business. Like, you know, those, those days that you sit there and you're trying to think of like, okay, who's my next strategic business partner? Who am I going to join venture with? Like, where am I going to go for my next client? Or how am I going to put this proposal together? That's high-end stuff, right? That's the stuff that if you're, you pull it off, you know, it's another couple of grand a month in revenue for you, right? No one else can do that stuff. Only you know how to do that, and that's where you should be spending your time. So I'm just a, a firm believer in that, that mindset shift that's happened for me, and it's why I created Focast is because I want to let people focus on their genius. And for a lot of people, you know, podcasting is not their genius. They can record. They sound amazing. You know, my clients sound amazing on their mic. I, I guide them in the proper setup and, and how often they're going to publish and how, what their interview skills are like. But when they do their thing, they do their thing, and they're super successful at it, and, they, and you can tell that they're having fun with it. You know, my one of my clients just uh, was a new Noteworthy, got like 30 iTunes five-star reviews. He's super happy. He's been asked to appear on two other shows. Nice. He's been, he's been asked to appear at a speaking event, and, and he's already signed up a new client as a result of the podcast. Oh, wow. That's and, sweet. And he literally, like, he doesn't, he puts his file in Dropbox, and he doesn't even know sometimes what happens next. He doesn't need to, Vernon. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, when, when I work with these clients, and I'm working with a, a co-working space in, in downtown LA as well, like, they don't need to be the experts in podcasting that everyone thinks they need to. Yeah. And I think um, it's this mentality of uh, some of the old schoolers, uh, and you've probably seen it in some of the forums or, you know, some of the Facebook groups where they're like, why are people paying for masterminds? Or why are people signing up for podcast programs? All this stuff is on the internet. All this stuff is on YouTube for free. Yeah, yeah of course it's free, but... It takes time. And these people don't have an, um, th- th- that message about the like time time for money. Yeah. And, and paying, you know, and, uh, you know, putting a value on what you should be working on. You know, these people don't want to be right. these high-end performers. Are not, I guarantee you are not sitting there watching Adobe Audition videos. No, they're not. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? When you say that, people, they, they use that, that term. Oh, you know, it, it takes time is, it, to, take, to make money and time is money. And they'll get into this mindset of if I spend the time doing it, then I'm saving the money. So, therefore, I'm making money by doing it myself. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand <laughs> Anything that you do that's not a dollar activity yeah. is not worth your time. If it doesn't directly impact your income, you should not be doing it when it comes to actually producing the thing that you do. Yeah. So for me, it took it took a lot for me to let go of editing because I'm like, I, I, I love editing. I, I not really. But, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm good at this audio editing. I, you know, I can look at 
the sound file and know where the um is because I say it the exact same way all the time. I know what the wavelength looks like. I don't even have to listen to it. I can just boom, 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 take it out. And I just did that, and it only took me 45 minutes to edit this podcast. Well, that's 45 minutes that I didn't spend doing something that could have actually possibly got me a new client, like sending an email on on LinkedIn or a couple of new introductions or some networking work that I could have been doing, something that has more of an impact than me sitting there listening to an interview that I did already yep. again and smiling through the whole thing because I love listening to the podcast and the information that's in there and taking it all back in, but not the best use of my time. And that's the, you're absolutely right. You see a lot of that in the, in the forums, like, why are people paying for this stuff? It's like, because. Yeah. Yeah. And these, and the folks that operate at this level, I mean, they figured it out long, long time ago, right? They're like, this is not, you know, this is not my wheelhouse. This is not my genius. I don't need to be doing this. And even them at that high level, I'm sure it gets harder and harder to hand off stuff because the the hourly rate for the services that they need as the, as they, you know, as they, as they move up that chain, get higher, but it's probably okay because they're probably 10xing their income anyway because they're getting these bigger and bigger deals and closing these you know ten twenty thousand dollar a month engagements speaking whatever it is whatever whatever it is you focus on and you know, they always say when you wake up in the morning the first thing you should work on is what is the one thing that will move my business forward a lot of people get stuck they jump into email and, and oh, let me tell you email is not it <laughs> right yeah email yeah. is uh I, I don't know who said i think it was brendan burchard is email is uh is another way of other people controlling your um your daily activities yeah. yep it's a collection of other people's agendas there we go that's what it is that's why i don't look at email for the first hour of the day yeah that's probably a good idea yeah i, I refuse to to do it because what will happen you get in that rabbit hole of trying to answer back emails and thinking about it and it's like nope i don't do it i've i actually listened to one of the brendan burchard's um experts academy recordings mm-hmm. and he was talking about that and i got in his uh, high performance academy program and was listening to that and i'm like okay yeah this is this is wasting my time in the morning and i'm getting busy and then i'm too busy to really get anything done and another eight hours has gone past and oh wait a minute i never did send that email or i never did get back with this person yeah because I was doing all these other things within email and all these tasks that were taking me away from what I was actually doing, which I guess that leads me into another thing with you real quick is productivity. You're a big productivity, like hacker guy, right? Yeah. I'm super nerd with that. I'm uh, some OCD aspect of, of my personality. But <laughs> when I, when I found out, when I found this whole productivity hacking community, man, I, I just jumped in with uh, both, both feet and I interviewed uh, one of, one of my, Productivity-led uh, heroes, Ari Mizell of Less Doing. Um, I jumped into his boot camp for a while, and I had him on the. Sh- that was uh, he was gracious enough to come on as a guest, and I just love pick on, picking people's brains who think in a way that I I think makes sense. You know, like how to organize. There's a lot of tools, and there's a huge rabbit hole. Like even on my phone, I have a whole folder of the stuff that I call uh, Do Less. So I use Fancy Hands, which is an online concierge service. Mm-hmm. You, could, you can do a whole range of things with them. You can say, hey, uh, can you find four flights, for, the best flights for me on American Airlines leaving Sunday? And then they'll do the work for you because you could do that. You can go to Kayak and look it up. But again, you know, do I want to spend 20 minutes looking for an, uh, an airline? No. I pay these people. I think it's like a monthly membership fee and you get like 15 tasks. But I use it so much, I bought the annual package. 
<laughs> I don't play around. On. So just it's it's funny because it's little things like okay, um, we're gonna go to a restaurant. Can you call ahead, find out what's on the menu for today, uh, and find out if there's a corkage fee. Just and, and then find out what, if they have tables outside. Just stuff that you would spend on the phone. Like I have credit card charges that I dispute. I, I take a screenshot and I send them off to. Um, to fancy hands, I was like, "Can you call the company and dispute this and find out what you find back?" They do like the they they go that first you know couple of hours that usually it's usually a back and forth conversation, and then yeah. they they bring you in what's needed. I've had them go on to Verizon and say, "When you get an operator on the phone, which I know is going to take like forty five minutes, then patch me in." And I just go about my day and I just do <laughs> the normal stuff. And they're like, "Hey, hey, Harry, it's Susan from uh, Fancy Hands, you know." Just and then she connects me to Verizon, and then I. That five minutes of time is what I needed to do to get what I needed to get done on Verizon, awesome. not not an hour and a half waiting on hold, you know. And I've asked them for, like, look, can you look, uh, I need to t- take my dog to a vet. Can you find out the three closest, you know, veterinarians near my house and that are open on Saturday and find them if they take insurance? Just, like, random stuff. I just keep, it's funny because I keep sending them stuff that I'm like, I'm wondering if one day they're going to like bounce stuff back to me. I've used them for social media stuff, my podcast, to do really? research research on guests. I like, here's a name. Can you find out what you can about this person? You know, here's a form. Can you, can you take these um, research? This is their, their, their Twitter handle. Can, can you find their matching Facebook and Instagram handles, you know, for the, this list of a hundred names? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there and scan sites for all this stuff. Anything that sounds mundane and boring, it's probably something you shouldn't be doing if you're dre- if you're dreading the thought of just sitting there doing it. Um, so that's one. That's a huge, uh, huge uh, godsend for me. Fancy hands. Uh, Fiverr. Obviously, we podcasters right. know all about the cool stuff on Fiverr. Oh yeah. Um, Pocket. As mo- a lot of people use Pocket to just grab a lot of articles. Mm-hmm. So as you see stuff in the browser, click it, click it, click it, and you can read it later, which is fantastic. And the great thing about Pocket is I created um, a recipe using a website called if ifttt.com, which is sort yeah. of connects websites together. This one recipe will take something that I put in pocket with my tag on it. I have a VA. So the tag will send that article to a, a one line in Google Sheets. So every time I tag it, it just adds another line and another line, another line. When my VA sees that in Google Sheets, she knows, okay, this is what Harry wants to post to Twitter. Now, someone always say, why don't you just post that directly to Twitter? Twitter, Twitter always works better when you have an image, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows you, it gets more visibility. So my VA takes the article. She natively posts the image that's on the, the newspaper article on the website. She grabs the image, and if she has to grab it and download it and save it, she does that as well. So that when, when she posts the article, and then what I've also trained her to do is read the article and see who the author is. Nine times out of ten, the author is going to have a Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. She includes the Twitter handle of the author and the Twitter of the website where it came. So if it's Times or New York Times yeah. or Fortune Magazine, at Fortune Mag. So she makes it really, really engaging because I'm like, I got one chance to post this. I'm not going to haphazardly post it and hope someone picks up on it. And I can't tell you how many times like the author of the article sees themselves tagged. And they're like, oh, they retweeted. Wow. So that's so, wow. That that in itself is that was worth <laughs> talking to you. That's the social strategy that you guys should be using. Now, that's like that's Gary Vaynerchuk level stuff, but like, with yeah. automation, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. And then t- some of the other things I use is uh, TaskRabbit, which is like uh, fancy hands, but in person. Yeah, you told me about that one. TaskRabbit's fantastic. I had uh, I needed to run a hard uh, card line from my uh, living room to my office because the Skype conversations are much better when you have a hard line. And I said I'm not going to be crawling around my crawl space underneath my house. I said let me. I went on TaskRabbit. I said. Who will do this? And there's these people that do it. There's these 
IT technicians that on the on the side or on the weekend they want to make some extra cash. They've got the tools, they got the crimping tools and all that stuff. He said, "Okay, I need to go by Home Depot and get like a spool of wire and some connectors." I was like, "Okay." They built, they buy it themselves, and then when they get here, it's again like Uber. It's, your credit card is already on file. The guy was here crawling around my house, like drilling stuff in walls, and you know, three or four hours. I helped him run a little bit of the cable. And then he's gone, and I have like a connection, you know, hardwired connection right. between my two rooms. Yeah, and you didn't have to run to Home Depot to do it. No, I never left my house. <laughs> I just had to make some lemonade for the guy. <laughs> and the other, I mean, the, the other thing we did when we moved from New York to LA is I needed some, my wife and I needed some help packing boxes. So, task rabbit, you know, someone came on, just, I think it was 50, 60 bucks, and she came over for four or five hours, helped us pack boxes, bought her, some Chinese, bought her some Chinese food, and she was happy, you know. That's crazy, man. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know if TaskRabbit is available in St. Louis yet. The the last one I'm gonna tell you about. I just found out about this one. This is this is it gets so crazy that you don't even realize all this stuff exists. But it's called Lux L U X E. So Lux is valet service, but like on demand valet. So I was invited to speak at a panel with um, the Esprit Devora, who hosts We Are LA Tech podcasts. Yeah, and she she asked me to be on a panel, and I went. It was in downtown. Um, and she's connected to all these all these companies. That's why I heard about it. So they gave free uh, people who were going to come down try out Lux for the first time to give you fifteen dollars credit. So my, I drive up my car to the spot. There's no parking anywhere in the street. There's nothing available. I I tell the Lux driver. I ping him. I said I'm here. He's like, okay, I'll be right over. A guy comes over around the corner with a, like a blue valet Lux jacket, and he had like a skateboard <laughs> hand. I guess I guess they're <laughs> nearby, so they can just scoot over. And they have deals with like local parking areas. He comes over. He's like, okay, I'm here. So I give him my car keys. And I, I'm like, okay, I guess this how, I'm Hopefully giving some this total, <laughs> total kid my car keys. I give him my car keys. I go inside. He's like, okay, just let me know when you want the car back. He drives away, go, goes parked in some lot. I don't know where. The max, I think it's $5 for the first hour. Max is $15. So it can't go beyond that. And in LA, I mean, that's pretty normal anyway, but for the convenience. So 15 minutes before I'm done, I ping them. I'm the, it's all, again, obviously smartphone driven. Right. I ping them, you know, and I'm, I'm like laughing to the people inside. I'm like, this is crazy. I, I walk outside and the guy pulls up. He's like, hey, comes over, gives me my keys to my car. And it's like, I'm on, I'm on my way. I'm like, this is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Lux is in my city, but uh, I'll be using it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. These are some great tips, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm, I'm always trying this new stuff out. And I'm no, really... I love it. Well, you told me about Slack. I wasn't familiar with Slack until you told yeah. me about that. So now I'm just training my VA on how to actually use Slack so I can do less back and forth in email and trying yeah. to remember which VA because my VA has had similar names and I'm trying to remember which one is which and who to pay. And I'm like, oh, wait, uh, I, I just need to put this in Slack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you got to encourage them to put their photos in there too. My, my right. VA still has the, 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 the standard image, but I've got someone on the ground here who's joined my team part time. They're on Slack, and it's amazing how much you can get done because there's one off questions you have. Um, and for, I guess for the listeners who don't know, Slack is a collaborative online chat tool. I think it's not, they're not the, new, the, the, the only ones in the space, and they obviously weren't the first ones. Right. And there was things like Yammer and Google Chat, but I think what they've done. They've made it fun to actually like chat, you know, and it's yeah. and the, the interface is cool, the sound effects are cool, and just everything about the experience is so fantastic that you just have a fun time using it. And, and whereas before, I probably like you used to keep everything in one long Skype chain, <laughs> you know. Uh, the, the great thing about uh, Slack is it 
links in other systems as well so you can keep other conversations. And I don't know if you knew this, but MailChimp has a connector into Slack. So when people sign up for your list, you'll get a, a ping on Slack. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I did not yeah, know so that. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's always a fun little ping when you get, oh, a new sign-up, new sign-up. Wow. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I, th- this is why I do the random stuff because so much good stuff usually comes out when we start talking about the stuff that we do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could talk productivity for hours, man. I'm super, super nerd on that. Now, let me ask you a question about that. Why don't you have a productivity podcast? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I had thought about it. I even grabbed the domain name. It was productivitysauce.com. I like that. And I was, I was like super excited because I was going to make it them short, like 10 to 15 minute vignettes. And I had a list of like 30 or 40 companies just out of the bat because I, I just used a lot of them. And some of them are like Chrome extensions and just real things that'll shave off, you know, a couple of minutes off your day. And I was just had this list. I was building list 40, 50, you know, 30, 40, 50 companies. And I was just going to have my VA start reaching out to them. And I, in the spirit of being productive, I had to come up with a system that was not going to require a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, as with a podcast, you still got that last mile, if you will, of the editing. Yeah. yeah. And unless, you know, you can find a way to automate that or just don't do any editing. It's hard because, you know, I was going to have to promo the, uh, give an intro for the company. I was going to do it more like entrepreneur on fire style and just have a stock questions, just answer these questions and then we'll go and make it 10, 15 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't figure out a way to, to pull it off without having it be an extra incurred like expense from like right. starting a new podcast and then doing the production when I was trying to focus my time on podcast junkies. So it's definitely something, and, and I wanted to do something different than what's out there. And you know, a lot, I do. I know a lot of people do, are, do cover that space already, so I just follow them for now. But I thought of a way. The only way I thought would make sense is if I could create a way to have the the host who is on now, who, mm-hmm. or the guest who is on now, interview the next guest, and then <laughs> just just have that go as a, as a, like a chain. Okay, you have to interview the next guest, and here's the questions you're going to ask them. I don't think oh, I could. And I I could get anyone to agree to that, but it's almost like um. Like like a driverless podcast or something like that. So it right, just right. it just has, it takes on a life of its own. I don't know. I think there's a I think there's a spot somewhere for a short form podcast where you just give a tip like yeah. you just gave without any editing that you have to do. Yeah, I think uh, I think the that will come when they've perfected the production from a mobile phone. Oh, and yeah. the sound, and the, obviously the sound quality as well, because I think there's still this. If you could, because the mobile is the best opportunity for you to record and get it up online super quick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, uh, I've been messing around with that with the uh, with this Spreaker Studio app. Have you seen that? I have seen it. But I haven't played around with it. I played around with it, and I posted an episode up to Spreaker. It actually didn't sound bad. Yeah, I don't. It didn't sound like my regular podcast, but I don't think it made much of a difference to the people that listen to it. So my uh, my goal is to get a few of those out there, do a survey, yeah. find out do they care about the sound and how it is or do they not. And if they yeah. don't, then I'll probably do more stuff from my phone. I know there, and, there are Ringer services out there too, and it actually sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, well, it's, I think that all this stuff is in beta. I know that uh, I've heard a couple of podcasts where they've tested out Ringer, and it sounds pretty decent. Mm-hmm. The other, the other service that folks are raving about is PodClear. Yeah, I've heard about PodClear too. I tried it on a call. Someone tried it on a call with me, and thankfully, I was recording my end already because the uh, the 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 audio came out 
garbled and it was sped up or something was something wrong with it. So I had done my typical call recorder Skype combo and, and right. that ended up being what I, what I went with. That saves the day a lot of the time. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, dude, it has been cool hanging out and talking with you and learning some stuff about you that I didn't know and I'm sure nobody else knew and cool. all about your productivity stuff, which I don't think you get a chance to talk about enough. No, I've talked about it. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Chris Ron. I talked about it a bit right. when I was on his show. And uh, I, for the listeners that don't know, I actually tried to put together a productivity conference. Yeah. Uh, but then I realized the challenges inherent in that. I had eight speakers lined up, fantastic folks who were, were going to speak at the conference. But it's almost one of those things where you, I, de- I definitely failed at that. And, I, and I'm a big fan of like trying and failing as opposed to never trying at all. And so that was a huge lesson for me in terms of like what I can get off the ground. And next time, maybe I'll try to validate the idea a bit more and do like mm-hmm. a Kickstarter or Indiegogo and see if there's um, an appetite for that. But that doesn't mean you can't try because I, I, I'm a big proponent of, you know, fail fast and fail often. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily call that one a failure. I would call that one uh, you learned a very valuable lesson. Yeah. And, you know, next time it'll go a lot easier because you know the mistakes that you made and you know exactly where to start. And so... You know, it was a it was a Kickstarter on its own. Yeah, you just didn't it was a, get it, it, for it. It was a kick in the ass story. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Before I forget, because I almost did. Where? Well, actually, I did, and so we're recording this after the fact. So full transparency here on the podcast, guys. It happens. It happens. Where can Real people life. find you online? So for the uh, full cast services, it's fullcast.co. So it, it actually, there's no M missing at the end of that. It's fullcast.co. Uh, and for the podcast that I host that Vernon was so gracious to be a guest on recently, it's Podcast Junkies. Just go to podcastjunkies.com and you can find me there. And then I'm, uh, I'm online at podcast underscore junkies. Awesome, man. It was, it was actually a pleasure and an honor to be on Podcast Junkies because I'm in some really good company there. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool people there. Definitely appreciated that. And so this is <laughs> actually where we'll say goodbye. And I'm okay. totally leaving all of this in because I just think it just shows <laughs> how funny it is when you podcast. Because the conversation was going so great, I didn't even think about, oh, where, where can people find you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's real, man. I like, I like real conversations. Right. I'm a big fan of hashtag real talk, man. There you go. Hashtag real talk. <laughs> we came up with another one when we were talking. What was it? It was hashtag something. Comp USA. That's right. Hashtag CompUSA. <laughs> For more details, listen to the episode. Right. I think that's a, a great note to end it on. <laughs> All right, Harry. Man, hey, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Hey, thanks again for having me on. All right, man. See you. All right. That was an amazing interview. Harry dropped so many knowledge bombs on us with that and the productivity hacks and the social media tip. So if you guys didn't catch the social media tip, I just wanted to repeat it for you. When you're reading an article on social media, and I'm not going to give you the whole automation thing because you got to go back and listen to the details for that. But if you're doing your stuff manually on Twitter, all you have to do is if there is an author or someone who's written something in Entrepreneur, in entrepreneur, you know, dot com, Entrepreneur Magazine, Success Magazine, Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, at reply the author the actual article author, along with Forbes or Wall Street Journal or whoever it is, 
And most of the time, they're going to retweet you and they might even reach out to you directly. It's a great way to kind of prep people for interviews. You do a little bit of social sharing of their stuff to begin with, and you're actually making a connection. So it's a wonderful networking thing. It's a great way to get yourself relevancy in social media with influencers retweeting your stuff, which is just going to push you up higher. And if you still like your clout score, it's also going to have an impact on your clout score because people that have greater influence are retweeting you and possibly even sharing your stuff as well. So that was a really good tip. And totally, if you only got that tip, this interview would be worth listening to. But there's so much other value in this interview. I hope you guys really, really take advantage of it. When this episode comes out, which is actually this week, uh, next week I will be at Podcast Movement the weekend of the 31st. So definitely if you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, DFW, definitely come to Podcast Movement. There's so many people there. I'm going to be speaking there. I'm actually doing something a little different. I'm speaking at Podcast X instead of a session, and I'm going to be talking about sponsorship and the beginnings of how do you actually build a sponsorship offering, the things that you need, the components that you need to be successful, and the things that you can do even if you have a brand new show to get sponsorship. And it's not anything that you've ever heard before from anyone else. I did a little preview of this at Podcast Midwest. I'm going to give some more of this out at Podcast Movement. And of course, I'm going to have information on how you can get more, which brings me to go out to socialstrategyacademy.com. There is a sponsorship toolkit that's going to be coming down soon, but only after I do this webinar. I'm going to be doing a webinar next week with Steve Stewart, and we're going to be talking about sponsorship, and I'm going to be giving a lot of information in that webinar that you guys will be able to get free. I believe it's for 48 hours before Steve puts it behind a paywall. So definitely make sure that you attend that webinar. Okay, make sure to keep those emails coming and the Instagram tags and reaching out to me on Twitter and definitely email me vernon at vernonross.com. I really do enjoy getting those. And oh, by the way, I almost forgot, make sure you check out Podbean. Podbean is a friend of the show. They're not a sponsor, but they are a friend of the show. And friends of the show are relationships that I have with different companies of products that I recommend that we don't have an official sponsorship relationship. But if you go out to the website and you use promo code VR Podbean free, you're going to get a 30 day Podbean account totally free on me for 30 days to use. It's unlimited. It's better than the deal you can get if you go out to their site and sign up. And if you do sign up, it's only eight bucks a month for unlimited audio. It is the cheapest and best quality deal right now going on in podcasting. So if you are launching a podcast, Definitely check out Podbean because it's amazing and they offer an amazing service. I'm really happy with it. I'm playing around with it. My podcast is out there, but the great thing about this that I love about it is monetization. And I know we always talk about monetization as podcasters and people that listen to the show want to know, you know, how do I make money for my blog and my podcast and everything else like that? Podbean is one way to do it because they have a patron system built into the website and also built into the mobile app. So if you get people to listen to the mobile app or listen to your show, if you have a podcast on the mobile app, they can become a patron right then and there, even if they only give a dollar. If you have a thousand listeners or if you have 300 listeners and you get 150 of them, half of them 
to give you a dollar, you're now getting $150 per episode, which is going to help with production costs and equipment costs and everything else associated with producing a quality podcast. So definitely make sure, check out Podbean. If you like, use my code VRPodbeanFree. You'll get a 30-day free account just to try it out and see what you like. If you decide to go ahead and keep it, I make a little bit of money to help keep producing this show and bring you quality guests. And uh, that's needed. So, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, and I will see you in the next episode. They need to be-